0: You know what, third time? try that Because that's what we're doing.
1: Well, welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Zuchodowski here of wearechange.org, joined by Clint from the Liberty Lockdown podcast and Stephanie, the button pusher, joining us for this very special conversation on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 is the one and only Richard Gage of Architects and Engineers, a professional organization that has been doing absolutely critical, important work when it comes to breaking down some very important questions that a lot of people in America have that, of course, spurred on and were originally started by the victims' family members, survivors, rescue workers, first responders. There was a lot of individuals affected by 9-11 that started to ask some questions. Richard Gage started to put some of those questions into theories, hypotheses, and he used the scientific method in order to help people make sense of what's happening with this very historic event that, as you know from our uh, last video on youtube.com forward slash we are changed, changed everything in the American landscape. To me, 22 years later, not 11 is still worth questioning because it is still the linchpin that has changed everything in this country. Richard, why 22 years? For, for, are you still doing what you're doing right now? And the, and the people don't know you. What are you doing? Luke, we've got to get
0: to the bottom of this uh, disaster. Um, we, we have proof that the World Trade Center skyscrapers, all three of them, collapsed on 9-11. Uh, and I'm going to share that with you over the course of this time together. But the reason I'm all all up in arms about this is because the 9-11 victims have not received justice. There's no truth in the media, in our government, uh, in, in the building reports about what really happened on that day. We're talking about 2,700 people murdered in cold blood, occupied buildings, explosives in them. We've got to have a real investigation. The whole world, and most like 80% of Americans, maybe 90% were completely bamboozled uh, by the run-up to war uh, with the media and the manipulation creating a climate of fear in which uh, the solution presented to the problem of 19 fundamentalist hijackers uh, is all of a sudden to go to war uh, and and kill 2 million people in Iraq and Afghanistan. 6,000 U.S. soldiers, 30,000 of them taking their lives. The institution of the Patriot Act, the Military Commissions Act, the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012, in, in which any of us can be arrested without a right to a lawyer, a trial, a jury. We can be tortured. We can even be assassinated. And so we've got to wake up the American people because everything changed after 9-11. We have a $6.5 trillion global war on terror, which our grandchildren will be paying for. The 9-11 wars were started as a result of an attack on the Pentagon. But the motivation for the war was really right here at the World Trade Center where I am. And Gail's going to show you, guys, the Freedom Tower uh, which is go ahead, uh, and we had the Freedom Tower standing right there where it was. We had the two twin towers. That's what we're talking about today. To its right is the new Building Seven, and Building Seven uh, was a 47-story skyscraper that collapsed on the afternoon of 9/11. We're going to talk about that today. Go ahead, Luke. Hi, Clint.
2: Go ahead. Hey, Richard. This is Clint Russell of Liberty Lockdown. I, I hate to skip to the end of the book here, but I'm curious. After you know you've done you've been studying this for approximately 20 years, uh, do you have a conclusion as to who it was involved? If it was in fact a controlled demolition, do you do you have a thesis?
0: Um, well, there's been books written about this. Try Kevin Ryan's Another 19 Suspects. Uh, a quite amazing piece of research pointing not to 19 fundamentalist hijackers, uh, but to those who are on the inside, uh, particularly the Project for a New American Century, which uh, established goals, uh, lofty goals and very dangerous goals for America, regional hegemony in the Middle East, a vast increase in the military budget, space dominance. But they said that These goals would take likely a long time to come, absent a catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. And Bush writes in his diary uh, the next day, or that night, today we had our new Pearl Harbor. So indeed, um, we've got a lot of people to look at that we're gonna be giving as persons of interest to a special grand jury investigation Which we are making, uh, bringing alive the 60 exhibits, which have been uh, put down as evidence for the destruction of these three towers, and they will be presented to a special grand jury via a federal judge, which is what we're about uh, in the in the coming year, uh, preparing this through the film 9/11 crime scene to courtroom, the latest film. We're right in the middle of it. Uh, It's going to be Mick Harrison and myself. He's the litigation director of the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry, and we are going to town on this film. The most comprehensive body of evidence ever compiled about the World Trade Center. So we've got all the evidence right here uh, outlined in the brochure that we're giving people down here at World Trade Center uh, at this corner of BC and Church. For those of you who are in New York, where Luke started, come here. Corner of VC Street and Church Street. Help us wake up the people. The tourists walk by. We hand them the brochure, and uh, they come in waves. <laughs> right now they're not uh, coming by, but uh, we'll show you what the typical reaction is from the people on the street. Uh, unfortunately, most of them prefer not to be bothered with it, and that's why we're in the situation we're in. That's why we have additional false flag operations like we've been dealing with for the last three years with this false disease and the false solution, which is neither safe nor effective, but very, very, very dangerous.
1: Yep, it's like we moved from uh, one PSYOP to another one. But Richard, it's also important to note here, it's not just you questioning these events. You had an organization that had over a 1,000-plus Professional architects and engineers, people in the field of building buildings, demol- uh, demolitioning buildings, taking them up, putting them down, you name it. There, and, and it wasn't just the experts. It was... Government whistleblowers, people within the U.S. government, individuals like Michael Springman. If people know who that is, you're paying attention. That is the man that literally whistleblowed how the CIA essentially gave special visas to the Al-Qaeda CIA guys that he denied. But the CIA yeah. came in and said it gave them those visas. And it's not yeah, just whistleblowers. Red. It's not just architects and, and engineers. It's not just family members. It's not just rescue workers. It's not just people who survived those particular events. But a lot of Americans, according to some of the, the recent polls, have some very serious questions and doubts about the official story of what we were told actually happened on that particular day. Richard, who do you think is, are some of the other more credible individuals that people should check out, should do more research on? And how many, in total professional architects and engineers do you have within your own, or, or own organization that have signed on to what you're doing?
0: Yes, the organization that uh, I founded 18 years ago is Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. It now has 3,600 architects and engineers demanding a new investigation into the destruction of these collapses. Two years ago, my courageous wife, Gail, and I uh, went on our own to form the new organization, RichardGage911.org. Since then, as I mentioned earlier, we've been busier than ever with 12 speaking engagements, uh, major speaking engagements at the Advanced Medicine Conference at the Red Pill Expo. And we have been uh, asked to talk about these parallels between 9-11 and COVID, these two false flag operations. Uh, and the parallels are incredible. Uh, developed by again Kevin Ryan, uh, who uh, of DigWithin.net, and he has exposed incredible parallels uh, such as foreknowledge. If a if an event or a false flag operation is planned in advance, uh, would there people be, be people who know about it. And that's true uh, with 9/11, of course. In fact, we have 43 separate drills that are. In fact, uh, were, were planned in the, uh, the years, the months, and the weeks up to 9-11, 12 of them on the day of 9-11, taking our, our fighter jets uh, north to Alaska and Canada, away from the vulnerable corridor, uh, or leaving it vulnerable, So, to, on 9-11, the morning of 9-11, false radar blips on the screens of the radar techs. They didn't know what was real world, what was not. So this is one of the parallels on the on the 9-11 side. On the COVID side, of course, we have foreknowledge in the way of Event 201, for instance, which simulated a coronavirus outbreak that happened three months later. They had dozens of experts from all around the world sponsored by the World Health Organization, Bill and Melinda Gates at Johns Hopkins University. They They, they planned the whole thing out, and sure enough, it happens pretty much just the way that they planned it. So that's examples of foreknowledge. We have insider trading uh, in each case. We've heard about the the bets that were made, put options on the uh, the fate of the airliners, which would go down uh, the next day. And they'd lose millions and millions if they didn't, but they won millions. And so where did that lead? Not to Osama bin Laden. So the 9-11 Commission says, oh, we don't have to follow up there uh, because it's not insider trading it's Osama Bin Laden. Well, where did it go? It went to Alan Dulles and others who became part of the CIA and were part of the CIA on the Deutsche Bank building and Swiss Re, who actually uh, in, in, reinsured the, the World Trade Center towers. Quite a scam to be looked at. So foreknowledge is, is key. In addition to foreknowledge, we have a complete abuse of science. We have no real investigation. In fact, with COVID, the investigation into the origins of the virus was dropped after its leader, uh, Jeffrey Sachs, uh, came to the conclusion that it wasn't uh, from bats uh, in a cave. Uh, It was uh, with, um, it was uh, leaked, he said, from a lab. So,
1: Hey Richard, really quickly, these globalists sure love their caves. We got the boogeyman in the cave, Osama Bin Laden here. Oh no, we got the man who ate the bats in the caves. Bull crap. Like, stop, stop. It's, 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 there's so many parallels here. It's absolutely just crazy to see the levels of, of psychological warfare, abuse, and trauma that they keep repeating on and on well, again to drama. try to convince you to give up your money, to give up your rights, to give up your oh, own individual oh, sovereignty. sovereignty to the altar of the frickin' state. So for, uh, I just had to make that <laughs> distinction because, uh, again, it's not just the caves that are very similar with the 9 11 PSYOP <laughs> and to the COVID PSYOP.
0: Yeah, we have Osama bin Laden eluding the most uh, uh, sophisticated uh, military intelligence in the world uh, for 10 years. But turns out he died a couple of years or a year after 9-11 of kidney failure. And that's been proven uh, in the book by David Ray Griffin. Is Osama bin Laden alive or dead? Uh, so Yeah, he was on kidney have, dialysis.
1: So, Many people don't realize yeah. this. There's no way you could survive that long all the way up until the Obama administration, particularly right before his re-election, where you have this magic Cinderella story of of the, the SWAT team coming in and taking out Mr. Mister Bin Laden and then him hiding behind his wife. Oh, yeah, they changed that story. There's so many aspects of that story that are just filled with, with absolute crap. It, it, it's, yeah. it's absolutely insane how they could believe that they could get away with, with so much lying to the American people.
2: Everybody knows that the best dialysis is done in the caves of Afghanistan, Luke. Yeah, I, yeah, of, cor- of
0: course he Well, actually, alive. he was in a hospital. Uh, Tim Osman, he's a CIA asset. He was in a hospital uh, like the day after or before 9-11, I forget. Uh, and he was overseen by the CIA, in fact. Um, so that's been research documented elsewhere. But what I try to focus on. Uh, is, the, is the technical evidence for the World Trade Center being an architect of 30 years? That was my initial particular interest when I heard David Ray Griffin on the radio back in 2006. It was extraordinary. He was talking about this third tower that came down on 9 11. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I'm saying, What are you talking about? I'm an architect. I would know if a 47 story skyscraper collapsed. We pride ourselves on knowing what's going on in our industry. And yet, We didn't get one bulletin from the American Institute of Architects, of which I'm one of 90,000 members. In fact, it was just swept under the rug, shown on TV only um, uh, two times. But look, I mean, this is Building 7. It drops straight down uniformly, symmetrically, into its own footprint in under seven seconds at free-fall acceleration. That's as fast as a bowling ball falling out of the sky. Well, wait a minute. There's 80—there's there's, 40,000 tons of structural steel holding this building up. It's three times stronger than it needed to be to hold the building up. Where did those 81 columns go? Because freefall means not one of them gave any resistance to the collapse of this building. Where did they go? Well, guess what? We have the evidence given to us on a silver platter by FEMA. Um, And that was in May of 2002 in their report. It was the first report. They have a metallurgical examination. What did they find? Liquid molten iron invading the the grain boundaries of the steel. Uh, What does that mean? Liquid molten iron is the byproduct of thermite. Thermite is an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. And we have the evidence by FEMA Of that, right here, hot temperature corrosion attack on the steel, May of 2002, handed to us, and and yet NIST threw out this information. Why? Because the author of the report also said that the ends of the beams were partly evaporated in in extraordinarily high temperatures. We're talking 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit to melt steel. But the, the uh, building, which was not hit by a plane, by the way, this third tower, so there's no jet fuel. And jet fuel burns at only about 600 degrees Fahrenheit, according to ME Petroleum, its uh, manufacturer. So we're, we're talking only a quarter of the temperatures with these office fires that can, can't melt steel that's what it takes 2800 degrees so we have evidence of molten iron melted dripping out of the material in the hands the claws of the crab claw excavator hey, R-
2: uh, Richard in, is yeah. is the, the Richard is the thesis that that the plane that the plane that that went down I think it was in Virginia like the farmland area uh, was that headed for tower seven like what I don't I don't understand what the like if the if the plan went according to plan, how was tower 7 to have come down if if your assertion is that they were using thermite and that it was a controlled demolition that implies that they expected to have some sort of cover story and they didn't really <laughs> have one
0: that's fair that's a fair speculation and and i think most people in the 911 truth movement do speculate that that building was heading for building 7 although nobody knew you know other than new yorkers who lived downtown uh, about uh, world trade center 7 so it wasn't a cultural icon like the twin towers that they took out in order to shock all of us and kill a maximum number of people.
1: Yeah, but they sure um, had a lot of very important documents in uh, Building 7, especially oh, when it came to, of course, that. the intelligence agencies, especially when it came to Enron, especially when it came to, you know, the, the mayor's emergency office that he fled. And there's a very famous uh, scene of Rudy Giuliani fleeing that area. Again, Building 7, again, I think is one of the biggest, most important issues, as well as just the, the, the footage of, of what hit the Pentagon, because, you know, because of uh, Judicial Watch, we got five frames of what clearly looks like a a missile. It doesn't look like a Boeing 747. It doesn't look like a huge airplane. The trajectory and the flight path and the way that this plane made its way into the Pentagon is impossible for many professional pilots to make the pilot that earlier uh, that allegedly made this couldn't even fly a single-engine Cessna correctly himself. They never, they never even learned how to land. So the, the Pentagon and, and the footage of exactly what happened there I think is another important talking point to the American people to, to make them realize, hey, there's something really going on here that's sinister as, of course, government agents literally went to the local gas station, went to the local hotel near the Pentagon and confiscated surveillance footage to make sure that the American... American people would not see whatever hit the Pentagon now exactly what happened on that particular day to answer kind of a Clint's question we don't know we have a lot of unanswered questions it's not us on us to answer these questions these questions should be answered by the US government building seven is another one where of course we had individuals like Kevin McPadden a 9-11 first responder rescue worker a personal you know friend of mine who was there that literally talks about the countdown From 10 to 0 and them taking down Building 7 when the BBC was reporting that it came down Originally behind them. Again, so many things are, are just absolutely just mind-boggling about this entire event that stink to high heaven. What's one of the key talking points that you're using out there in the streets, Richard, talking to the individuals? That th- Those two points are some of the strongest for me when it comes to questioning these events, as, as well as Michael Springman. I think Michael Springman is a good way to start off. Depends who you're talking to as well. But but what's your, what's your most important talking point when it comes to addressing someone who's a normie? Who's the NPC? Who's the Kyle and Karen? How do we get them to think? How do we get them to open up and to understand what's really going on here?
0: Yeah, we've got to show them the motion of building seven. I mean, you can see it a second, zero seconds, two seconds, three seconds. It drops as fast as a bowling ball, as I mentioned. And so we show them that if we have a video. We usually set up at our conferences a monitor. We show architects and engineers all around the country at these conferences and fire protection engineers at the National Fire Protection Association. And we say, hey, did you know a third tower came down? We get into the conversation. Then we say, well, yeah, witnesses heard explosions before it came down. And like you said, Kevin McPadden was one of those he was about held about 6 blocks away from building 7 because they were telling everybody that it was going to come down. Well, wait a minute. It had a few small scattered fires in it. Building 7, no no steel frame fire protected building has ever collapsed due to fire in history ever. Yep. And there's been completely engulfed skyscrapers before and after 9/11.
1: And but there's also 9/11. the story of Barry Jennings. Do you, do you remember yeah. the story of Barry Jennings? The, Ooh, the yeah. man who is the deputy director of emergency services for New York City Housing and Authority who was there came out uh, and, and talked about, yeah, there was, there was explosions and bombs going off inside of World Trade Center 7. Uh, and what he described, the scene he described is something totally different from what the official story wants you to believe.
0: Oh, yeah, and, and he uh, paid dearly for it. Um, he held to his story of explosions. He, that in fact, in front of him, uh, as he was descending from the 23rd floor, where he and the attorney for Michael Hess was called to a meeting, they got up there, but the whole building was actually evacuated after the two planes hit the towers, but before they came down. And he's, he's experiencing these explosions, and he's looking out the window, and he sees the towers still standing. So that wasn't the cause of these explosions whatsoever. And he, the, the the stairway blew up at the sixth floor. He says it blew us back up into the eighth floor. So this is what they do. They blow up the stairways in preparation so a controlled demolition can be smooth without some of the substructure, which stairways are in these buildings, uh, interfering with the smooth uh, acceleration. Uh, straight down through what should have been the greatest uh, path of resistance, uh, the the, uh, stru- the, the 40,000 tons of structural steel in the building. So, yeah, Barry Jennings held to that story. He gave it again and again, but he died the day before the final report came out on Building 7. Uh, presumably they were expecting a lot of controversy, and they got it, because many of us were at the conference publicly when they gave this information, well, this was the draft conference, at NIST, Shom Sunder of NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, who was tasked by Congress to explain these collapses to the American people. Uh, they uh, said, uh, Shom Sunder said, no, it didn't come down at freefall early on, because um, that would mean there'd be no structure under the building. Well, yeah, right. He was right finally they had to admit because they were publicly embarrassed in this conference that the building did in fact come down at freefall so uh, they don't acknowledge the implications of that which are obvious which means that all those columns had to be removed well what can do that we went to the University of Alaska uh, and 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 uh, we hired the, the one of the top forensic structural engineers in the country Professor Leroy Halsey Uh, to engage in a four-year, $300,000 study of this building and its collapse. And he and his team of Ph.D. candidates, uh, they analyzed the building for that length of time. And they came up with a startling set of conclusions that the fire was not hot enough to cause thermal expansion and breaking of shear studs, uh, that the the beams did not uh, expand and push a girder off of its seat. They couldn't have and that the building did not collapse in a progressive collapse, as NIST claims, but in a global collapse caused by the simultaneous failure of all of the columns in the building. Now that received no attention in the media, and it's it's an absolutely astounding report that everybody has to realize the implications of. It's, It's extraordinary. They're going to be looking at the Twin Towers next, uh, which we can talk about too, the evidence there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just
1: absolutely overwhelming where you have story after story from individuals who survived that particular event uh, whether it's William Rodriguez, Barry Jennings, Kevin McPadding, Mike McCormick, uh, Craig Bartmer, uh, Bartman, yep. so many incredible individuals. Sadly, a lot of them have been so negatively affected by the air quality down there. And that tells you the temperament of the U.S. government. The U.S. government will kill the, the first responders. They'll kill the rescue workers. They'll kill the cops, firefighters, for, for, for just because. And it's absolutely critically uh, in- insane to understand the, the, the thought process of this government because what they did before and after 9-11 is absolutely cruel. Now, the story of Barry Jennings that we brought up, uh, I remember working on that one with the Loose Change guys. That brought a very big chilling effect after we found out about his death because this is essentially a whistleblower came out within the government, said, yes, absolutely. There was absolutely horrible, unfair play here. There was something else going on on here that we were not told about there is a bigger lie here there is a bigger conspiracy unfolding here he disappeared his family members wouldn't speak to us uh and then later we found out that he passed away we still don't know all the exact details of exactly what happened here but uh you know working with a lot of these first responders working with a lot of these family members and survivors was definitely something that was very eye-opening to the true reality to the true nature of how the u.s government works with the corporate media obfuscating and attacking individuals who dare to try to hold it accountable. We have not yet been held accountable. No one has been held accountable for the events of 9-11. The government was allowed to create an emergency that they used emergency powers to steal away your rights away from you. And because they were never held accountable for it, they are now creating more emergencies to create that cycle once again. They did it with the banking crisis. They did it with the war in Iraq. They did it with the war in Afghanistan. They did it in Libya. They're doing it right now with covid they're going to be doing it with the next one which could be anything and everything under the sun as we know there's going to be more psyopses, more attacks by horrible elements within the u.s government that are going to be creating more emergencies that they're going to be using to hurt you and to steal more of your rights away i think that is absolutely granted It is absolutely going to be coming here no one was held accountable for covid it's going to happen again so that, that where do we go from here richard this is the question that i have for for you what uh, what exciting developments are you working on what are you excited about how do you see the future going from here as of course we face you know a, a very tough uh, election cycle but we also face a very tough time trying to hold these guys accountable that that clearly are creating a lot of the problems that we're dealing with
0: yeah well i could do my small part luke um, well, I think 9-11 awareness is, is still the key, even though for many of us, uh, the, the COVID PSYOP is uh, powerful and, and to, to wake people up, many more people are being woken up, which is why I'm bringing those parallels uh, between the two. Uh, I'm bringing 9-11 truth to the COVID truth movement and uh, many in the COVID truth movement where I've been speaking and asked to speak. Um, again, Red Pill Expo, Advanced Medicine Conference, many uh, other uh, venues and podcasts that focus on COVID are having us come. And the, and the parallels which I only started to get through, but I'm going to race through them so everybody knows, I think this is a key, an absolute key. They create a climate of fear so that they can manipulate people in each case. Uh, they forecast with predictive programming Uh, The the towers being blown up, Hollywood movies and so forth. They did the same thing with uh, COVID. Uh, Witness the 2012 Olympics uh, with hundreds of sick children uh, being terrorized by a warlock figure with a needle-like object in his hand. That's the opening ceremony at the 2012 Summer Olympics in in the UK. Uh, We have the solution that's presented that's far worse than the original problem. Because that was the engineered solution. Because that's the, it created the outcomes that they were really trying to uh, manufacture here. In all these cases, um, we have uh, censorship on the part of the media and the government. Uh, severe censorship. A shifting narrative. That when the public starts to wake up about part of the problem, like um, for instance, oh, Osama bin Laden. Uh, where where is he? I thought we were frantically looking for him. Bush says, well. I don't care about Osama bin Laden. Uh, we're, we're going after Saddam Hussein, uh, you know, with, with weapons of mass destruction. And so that fell apart, uh, but there's no fessing up to it.
1: Yeah, it was like so lie anyway, after lie after lie, and they knew if they took down Saddam, they were going to create a big problem for the Middle East. They knew they were going to empower Iran. They knew they were going to create another problem later down the line that they're going to use an, as an excuse to bomb more countries and fill the coffers of the military-industrial complex. And that's what you know, Wesley it, it's, Clark it's
0: found, Luke. What, you remember General Wesley Clark? He, he was at the Pentagon talking to his friend. He had just talked to Rumsfeld and Wolfowitz. And he came and talked to uh, this other high-level Pentagon. He says, sir, come in here. you got to see this. Uh, they're going to take down seven countries. Uh, it's not just Iraq. Uh, it's, it's Libya, Sudan, Somalia, uh, ending with Iran. Uh, and and, and he's just flabbergasted. And, and then uh, Wesley Clark says, is that classified? And he says, you bet it is. But he, he told Wesley Clark, and now we all know.
2: So
1: keep keep keep, keep keep in mind. mind. Well I just want to add this. We talked to Wesley Clark. You can actually see the video on our YouTube channel. Look up We Are Change, Wesley Clark. I asked him about this plan that he whistleblowed on, he talked to Amy Goodman of Democracy Now! and talked about, hey, right after 9-11, there was a big plot to start all these wars, no matter what the justification was. They were going to make them up to start these wars. I asked Wesley Clark, like, hey, can we follow up on this? Like, you were right. You told us exactly what was going to happen. It did happen. And he looked like he saw a freaking ghost. Oh. I have never saw a man panic, except for, of course, Tony Blair and Henry Kissinger when I confronted them. But, But, but I never saw Wesley Clark in such a panic mode it it was like he saw a ghost when we asked him that direct question to follow up on this and he he... wouldn't clint you have something else you want to say
2: no i was just going to say that this is all documented you can actually look up these interviews you can look up when wesley clark and wesley clark was running for president at the time so this was not some small disclosure uh and he said so without any uncertainty whatsoever and if you look at that list it has been i believe six of the seven or at least five of the seven it's called the wesley clark seven in in conspiracy lore but uh you know you know, Iran has been kind of the last one that they've been trying to angle for forever. Uh, you had the assassination of Soleimani that happened under the Trump administration. I feared that that may have been the entry point. It fortunately was not. But, uh, you know, this seems as if they've they've shifted that target towards Russia, which is even more psychotic.
0: Yeah. Well, and if we can expose 9-11 and what really happened there, for instance, at the World Trade Center, uh, part of our evidence that we're bringing uh, into the film, 9-11 Crime Scene to Courtroom, which people can learn more about at our website, richardgage911.org. Just click on the uh, Crime Scene to Courtroom. We, We go over all the evidence. I mean, look at it. Just look at that building, especially with the video. But the photo even tells it. Upward, outward, arching streamers, a geometry of fireworks, freely flying, solid objects trailed by thick white smoke clouds. Why are structural steel sections on fire? Office fires don't light up steel on fire, and jet fuel doesn't either, by the way. This is the ends of the beams dripping with molten metal, as you see right here. It's absolutely clear what's going on. They're ejected laterally at 80 miles an hour, clocked by physicists landing 600 feet in every direction. And it's incredible that we have also the f- uh, near free fall collapse of this building. It's not collapse; it's exploding. You can see the explosions traveling down the sides up of the building, just like uh, the firefighters described, 156 of them on record, orally, within a month after 9-11, they're all recorded. 156 of them, now 186, because Graham McQueen, who did the research, read 12,000 pages of testimony, cited all of these quotes, uh, many of them before the tower collapsed. Uh, there's, they, they said, for instance, uh, there was a momentary delay before you could see the beginning of the collapse. It's extraordinary the language which these expert witnesses used to describe what they're seeing, what they're hearing. Many of them are being blown around the building by explosions. And yet not one of these witnesses appear in the final NIST report or any of the NIST reports. They've been systematically scrubbed. The narrative changed that day from a explosion-based event. 36 out of the 40 reporters are reporting it as an explosion event. 22 of those are direct eyewitnesses of explosions themselves. And yet none of that appears the next day when the mainstream media took over the story and described it as a collapse event due to hot fires weakening the steel. Well that's completely ludicrous because, as they say, the top portion of the building drove the rest of the building down to the ground and then destroyed itself. But do you see a top portion anywhere? in this building that's driving it down? No, none of the photos, none of the videos show a top portion. If it was there, it would have driven down the few remaining columns that stand 1,000 feet in the air after all the rest of the building has exploded around them. It's pretty darn important. And we have in lower down, 20 stories down, 40 stories down, even 60 stories down, these isolated explosive ejections called squibs in the controlled demolition industry. And they are uh, clocked again by physicists 150 to 200 feet per second. These are explosive speeds. It's incredible. And we also have the aftermath in the World Trade Center dust of the evidence of both ignited and unignited thermite. ignited thermite residue in the form of molten iron microspheres uh, about the diameter of a human hair. And they are all over the place, billions of them, ubiquitous. The EPA says this is a signature element of the World Trade Center dust. And yet we don't know where they came from. This is elemental iron. This
1: hey, is Richard. not steel. Uh, but just really yeah. quick, Richard, how, how much longer do we have with you? Because I know you have a bunch of other interviews. It's 2.51 p.m. now, Eastern Time. How, do we have nine minutes with you or a little you bit bet. longer? You
0: bet. Nine minutes.
2: Okay, great. Clint, you had a question. Yeah, Richard, uh, just to steel man the opposition here, obviously you're associated with some of the most uh, you know, brilliant minds in the architects, engineers, demolitionists world. H- have you ever had an opportunity to actually debate the facts with any of the architects, architects, engineers, demolitionists on the opposite side that go along with the state's narrative as to what transpired on that day?
0: Well, it's almost impossible to find a technical engineer or architect to debate with us we have had an extended invitation for 18 years now wow. and there have been a couple uh, we, we did debate on free speech radio Pacifica FM uh, uh, Richard um, uh, an actual physicist um, and and Dave and Dave uh, uh, I'm glad I forgot their names because they're just <laughs> ludicrous but he was they were trying to tell me oh yeah it's like a straw. Uh the, the, the building, once it starts, like you break a straw, once you bend it, um, you have to, um, it, it would just, it would just uh, there's no resistance left. And that's absolutely false, and he should have known better. He's a structural engineer because uh, steel columns, when they bend, always have a minimum of 25% of their strength left. And that's a whole lot of strength that would have slowed down the collapse of the building were it to be initiated naturally. But no, uh, the building accelerated, getting faster and faster, both towers, about 60% of free fall acceleration, 66% in fact. And and so th- that incredible perimeter structural steel system composed of 14 inch square steel tube columns did not give hardly any resistance in the twin towers. It's like they weren't even there almost. Uh, the, the building fell, both of them, in 12 seconds, completely shattering the structural steel frame, broken up to its original components, and then loaded on trucks. Uh, but the evidence in the ends of the beams is startling too, because we th- we have the evidence of thermite incendiaries, thermite incendiaries, in the form of of nano particles, uh, nanothermite. Uh, just small, just red, to make chips.
2: just to make it explicit, Richard, it, I, I think I already have the answer based off of your your testimony today. But is there any doubt in your mind that 9/11 and the three towers, all three of them, were controlled demolitions?
0: How can there be when you have the forensic evidence of nanothermite in all the World Trade Center dust samples, seven independently collected, show the evidence of a high tech form of thermite that's not made in a cave in Afghanistan? It's made in only the most advanced, sophisticated laboratories. So that's all documented in a 25-page peer-reviewed paper in the Bentham Open Chemical Physics Journal. It's called Active Thermitic Materials in the World Trade Center Dust. Guys, we have enough evidence here to put a whole lot of people away for a long time for the crimes of mass murder and treason, for which there is no um, a statute of limitations.
1: Steph, do you have any questions? Yes, Richard. Wait, hold
3: on. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Hi, yeah, Richard. Hi, Steph. Hi. hi. I, I was really curious to hear, uh, I mean, you think it's really fascinating, your background and where you come from, and now that you're making this video, is it already out for everyone and all of our listeners to, so to go fun. watch it?
0: It will be soon, um, and you can see uh, pieces of it at richardgage911.org. We have six experts, including Patrick Dillon, who was w- let down into the pile uh, to try to find alive people, and he saw molten iron—he uh, called it molten steel—flowing l- like lava. We've got him in, in, the, uh, in the mix. We've got uh, Captain Richard Patterson, who's who, who a firefighter, along with the Chief Fox, uh, going to Building 7 and being held away from Building 7 by gun-toting, paramilitary-clad thugs, they called them. They wouldn't even let them into the burning building. He says uh, this is completely a crime, uh, trying to keep the firefighters out of a burning building. So that testimony is is on record as well. And it just gets more exciting. He's also the witness of explosions before Building 7. New uh, witness for us. And Patrick Dillon also heard explosions before Building 7 came down.
3: Wow, that's awesome. That's really cool to hear that there's a lot of people that are there, and that we get to hear straight from them and hear their testimony. Um, I'm really excited to take a look at that movie, so thank you for sharing that with us. Hey, Richard. Oh, uh, and it'll come out every month. We'll have a new
1: episode. Thanks for uh, keeping up the fight. Thanks for continuing to talk about this 22 years from now. I know a lot of people that have come and go. I know a lot of people that refuse are or are kind of afraid to talk about this issue because of all the censorship, because of all the the stigma around it. There, you know, Cass Sunstein ran a very, uh, very, very um, good psychological operation when it came to, of course, trying oh, yeah. to attack everyone and discredit everyone. But I think from uh, the majority of the people that I talk to, a lot of people have a lot of very serious questions. The government never answered those questions. It's not the burden of proof for us to have all of the answers because the government is lying through their teeth. And they're releasing disinformation in so many different ways to try to confuse people in order to run different psyopses, in order to muddy the waters. I think they've done a great job at that, but we got to bring it back to the point. Family members, rescue workers, survivors, concerned Americans, whistleblowers, professionals, architects, engineers, scientists all have serious questions about an event, a day that changed American history. Where can people find you? And then one last thing. How, how is the sentiment? Are you seeing that people are more open to this message? Do you see them kind of closed-minded? You're talking to people on the ground there. What's happening? What's your kind of tune to the people that you're talking to in New York City? And uh, we're ended there. Where, can, where else can people find you and support more of your work? It can be a little
0: disappointing. It's hard work, Luke. Most people don't want to be bothered. I'll give you a specific example. Hi, did you know a third tower came down on 9-11? And that's fairly typical. But we get a live one every once in a while. Did you know a third tower came down on oh, 9 11 Oh, he's aware. See, some of them are awake. And uh, they'll. T- did you know a third tower? Came? And some of them just want to pretend that uh, that, uh, that I don't exist. It's been like that for 18 years, Luke. You know the story. It hasn't oh, yeah. changed a whole lot, but it, it's going to. It's like watching a swimming pool fill up with water. You don't see the progress. But over 18 years, we're, we're now at 30%, I think, of the country who's at least aware that there's a big problem. Maybe half of those can cite the points of evidence. So, you know, we've been at it, and we're in, we're, we're focusing on the legal field, a grand jury investigation now, with the film 9-11 Crime Scene to Courtroom. And all of that uh, can be—you can learn more about that. RichardGage911.org.
1: Richard, thank you so much. I appreciate you very much. I appreciate all the hard work you do. Thank you so much for joining us for an hour at Ground Zero in New York City. We had to, we were like, hey, I don't want Richard for a few minutes. I want Richard for, for an hour here because I know there's a lot to get into, a lot to say, a lot of nuance, and we still didn't even get into all of it. So so Richard, <laughs> I, I can't thank you enough for all the hard work you're doing. Thank you so much for being down there at Ground Zero. Thank you so much uh for for keeping up the fight really means a lot have a have a blessed rest of your day and keep up the amazing work that you do thanks Lou. keep it up over there too absolutely as of course we're going to continue the podcast here and we still have so many different things so many different issues to talk about as i wanted to introduce a video that i think is absolutely worth watching today that uh, a lot of people should listen to. It's two minutes long and it's something that all the normal Kyles and Karens and NPCs should hear. Here's uh, The 9-11, A Conspiracy Theory in Full.
4: (laughs) On the morning of September 11, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world, overpowering the passengers in the military combat train pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot-descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground hitting the Pentagon in the Budget Analyst Office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10, 2001. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day. Terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbor them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found, blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. But for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks, because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much has lost their job, determining the attacks were
5: failure of imagination.
2: would try and say that the funding even if you buy the government's narrative that it's 19 you know muslim extremists if you if you buy that narrative for them to then come back in their report and say that who funded it was of little practical relevance is so insulting to my intelligence given that that is everything that tells you that tells you how Follow the this, money. Yeah. How this operation actually came to pass. And without that knowledge, then we can't understand the underlying uh, purposes for that attack. And the fact that they covered up that trail, particularly given that it was our ally, Saudi Arabia, uh, leads me to believe that they were much more involved. Our government was m- much more involved in that planning than they would like us to believe. Stephanie, what do you think?
3: You know, I find it really fascinating the parallels that Richard was talking about in terms of how um, 9-11 went down and comparing that to how COVID went down. I think that this is really interesting to see and look at history and how it can repeat itself and learn from it. And I feel like nowadays we're really, you know, distracted with entertainment and different things. People are not as aware as they can be. And I feel like this is super interesting to really talk about and remember and and look at those, uh, look at the history and go into it and really remember how this could affect our futures as well.
1: Yeah, well, there were both uh, emergencies that were orchestrated by the government and the intelligence agencies that, of course, manipulated people emotionally to give up everything to allow the government to trample and destroy whoever, whatever they wanted. Uh, When it came to, you know, the parallels between 9-11 and COVID, there's a lot to learn from here. As, of course, the boogeyman came from a cave. Uh, Osama Bin Laden, genius, in a cave with a laptop that destroyed some of the most sophisticated U.S.-American defense systems and airspace protections that, of course, money could buy. And then, of course, we had a bat coming from a cave. We, of course, had non-stop videos of the towers coming down. And also, during COVID, we got non-stop videos from the corporate media of Chinese people just falling down in the middle of the street, allegedly dying. The PSYOP, of course, continued on with more emotional manipulation, saying, if you just give up your rights, if you just let the government protect you, well, we know what's right for you. We will take care of you guys. Just, you know, just allow us to, to bomb these people. Just allow us to torture these people. Just, just allow us to spy on every single thing you do. Just allow us to see your private nudes that you send to your loved ones that NSA agents were caught fucking jerking off to. Literal fucking news article. Wake the fuck up, America. Fucking cow. And this was back in like 2006, 2007. And I confronted the head of the CIA, the head of the NSA about all these issues and they lied through their fucking teeth. They lied to Congress. They lied to fucking everybody. And they're going to continue to lie. They're going to continue to make these emergencies. They're going to continue to do these psyopses until we finally call them out for it and until the American people actually realize that they're being bamboozled. They're being lied to. They're being manipulated to the highest extent with some of the smartest, most high-paid fucking psychologists out there that are trying to pull every little lever they can to manipulate you to believe and bow at the altar of government. We still have the Daily Wire crowd saying, if only we just had the Republicans in charge. Motherfucker, look what the fuck happened when the Republicans (laughs) were in charge. Look what the fuck they did. They had Congress, they had the Senate, they had the presidency, they had the media, they had the American people saying, tell us what to do, Republicans, we will follow lockstep, we will do everything you want us to do, we will go along with whatever you want us to do, just keep us protected government. And what does the government do? Fuck everybody, fuck everybody in such a horrible way. That now we are in the precarious situation that we are in right now, financially ruined, civil rights just absolutely obliterated, no freedom of speech, as of course now people are being prosecuted for just expressing political fucking opinions in this country. And there's no fucking going back from the deep state police uh, technocratic apparatuses that were built all in the name of fighting terrorism, fighting jihadism that right now is fighting the same Republicans that created the same
2: institutionalized powers that there's no going back from. And speaking of those Republicans, just this past week, I think it was two days ago, that Lindsey Graham was interviewed asking about his conversations with Donald Trump and, and his uh, you know, unwillingness to engage with Vladimir Putin in Ukraine. And he was saying, well, we don't want—it's it's the exact same lesson that we learned from withdrawing from Afghanistan. That's what Lindsey Graham said this past fucking week, talking about how after 20 years, that still was not enough and that we shouldn't have left Afghanistan. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, and ultimately, the the body count, the, the carnage that is left in the wake of the War on Terror and the Patriot Act is still a running clock. A lot of people will ask, Clint, why are we talking about this? It's been 22 years. Can't we move on? No, the fuck we can't. You had 4,500 U.S. servicemen that died in the War on Terror fighting uh, abroad, and, that, and now you have more U.S. servicemen that have died domestically by their own hand via suicide because of... Once they realized the injustice that they were participating in. And that, that, I will not move past.
1: Absolutely, and there's and there's a lot of other uh, news articles to talk about here. As of course, uh, Lindsey Graham also probably getting indicted in Georgia, motherfucker. Like well, this is the situation that that he helped create. Lindsey Graham is uh, again uh, an, an Ellen DeGeneres version of John McCain, a, a neoconservative who has never seen a war that he doesn't fucking love, and the way that he. And the Bushes have ruined this country following 9-11 is something that should be remembered here. As Of course, if you, if you calculate who has done more damage to the American dream, to the American economy, to civil liberties, I would say George W. Bush absolutely takes the fucking cake here. And it's one of the reasons why the left is so popular. The left has so many people in their institutions because there was a major swing back against it because the left promised to be different The left promised to be anti-war. They promised to not spy on people. They promised not to torture people. And then what did we get? Them fucking murdering people. And again, there's so many different things I want to talk about here. Jason Burmist just had a very interesting tweet that I'm going to pull up here on uh, Twitter talking about the, the money connection between these 9-11 hijackers and, of course, the Central Intelligence Agency, as we have, of course, also from Michael Springman. Michael Springman worked at the Jetta Consulate, and he came out and publicly spoke about how, hey, there's, there's known terrorists trying to get into the United States. I'm denying them visas. The CIA intervened and said, no, 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 no. You got to let these guys in. And this is from the testimony Of Michael Springman. That testimony gets a lot crazier when you look at the other bombshells that are being revealed right now in court. And that is according to the gray zone, how at least two not 11 hijackers have been recruited into a joint CIA-Saudi intelligence operation that was covered up at the highest level, according to the latest court filings. Yes, your central intelligence agency that told you that Russia Gate was true, that told you that there was weapons of mass destruction, that told you that we need to torture people even though it doesn't work. Uh, 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 admittedly, it doesn't fucking work. Why the fuck are we torturing people when that shit doesn't fucking work? I'm getting beyond the point here. But obviously, there was high-level government involvement here from a lot of different individuals. And now, according to this newly released court finding, this raises a lot of very serious questions between Saudi intelligence, American intelligence. As we know, Israeli intelligence also played a role in here as well. A lot of different governments played a different role in here. And when we look at the larger uh, conglomeration of all these individuals, it just stinks to high heaven, and none of these people were held uh, accountable. Donald Trump actually came close to to speak about some of these larger truths. Donald Trump actually uh, came out on the record and discussed uh, larger truth bombs during his original first presidential run for the United States uh, uh, presidency back in 2000. When, when When was he running originally? 2016? Yeah. I I think this is one of the videos that we have uh, pulled up here uh, that I could play here uh, of Donald Trump talking about these very specific issues. But literally on the debate stage, he talked about how uh, the Saudis and and the Bushes were involved when it came to doing 9-11. In
0: 2001, weeks after the attacks on New York City and on Washington, and frankly, the attacks on all of us, Attacks that perpetrated, and they were perpetrated, by the Islamic fundamentalists. Mayor Rudy Giuliani visited Israel to show
5: solidarity with terror victims. I sent my plane because
0: I backed the mission for Israel 100%. I
1: don't think that's the video we were looking for, but that is... uh... That, that's not. The, I thought this was the, the him on on the debate stage talking about the Bush and Saudi involvement. But here is his uh, pledge of uh, love for uh, the Israeli government, which uh, Donald Trump is is really good for. Hold on, let me pull up this tweet here. Um, Stephanie and Clint talk. I got to pull up and find this correct video.
2: Yeah, you know uh, Donald Trump. Uh, he sent his own private plane. He <laughs> to, loves Israel. To, to, yeah, after To, to show fealty for Israel. I'm stunned. Uh, you know, just like every other American politician in my lifetime. I got. It. I found the. I finally found the the tweet here by uh, Jason
1: Burmis. That talks about how it wasn't just uh, Saudi Arabia, it wasn't it wasn't just Israel, it wasn't just the U.S. intelligence agency. It was also the Pakistani ISI. Something that I actually asked Joe Biden about face to face. I confronted Joe Biden many many years ago. Since of course he had a lot of different meetings with some of the people that bankrolled the 9/11 hijackers. I asked the former president, the, the current <laughs> president of the United States, about this specifically and the ties to ISI. Here it is. Here's the clip of me talking to. Uh, it was indeed, Joe was indeed. About on the- this very specific issue, as of course, uh, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, plays a role in all of this as well with his uh, meetings with a lot of people that were involved in these events. Here's the clip.
2: That now is buffering. Well let me just say real quick while well, that's buffering uh, that Joe Biden has bragged many many times about being the architect in fact the the person responsible for drafting the original version of the Patriot Act. So this is not strictly a Republican this is a duopoly Sorry, issue. So here, yeah, here we, go, we got the video.
1: He's going to have to make a very difficult choice very soon. Words will not be sufficient. Actions will be demanded.
0: When Biden was confronted, he confirmed his meeting with Ahmed, saying Pakistani intelligence was indeed funding the Taliban.
1: Sir, recommend sir, uh, the in, the days, in the days following 9-11, you met with the head of Pakistani ISI, General Mohad Ahmed. It has since come to light that he ordered Saeed Sheik to wire 100,000 dollars to Mohammed Adha. Why was he allowed to go back to Pakistan? And why was he questioned? And why were you meeting with him? I met with him to deliver a message that if he didn't, if he didn't, stop supporting the taliban we would take him out why do we let him go we let him fly freely we never investigated him we never even no. looked into him well, look first thing called diplomatic passports we did not arrest khrushchev when he came but he financed the not... hijackers and you well, let him go way, and he he's free he hijacked the fi- hijackers no one knew he financed the hijackers it's, hijack- it's, it's, it's wired word. <laughs> yeah. he would we later say the times. information this was a, indeed classified time. How did
2: you know that's the ISI was helping the Taliban, sir? How did you know the are helping them Is
1: that inside was So that's Pakistan a scene was set up. from a uh, Enemies, uh, Jason uh, Bermas' uh, documentary. He also helped make loose change, and he just tweeted out this video where uh, Joe Biden told me to get a life. And I specifically asked him about his larger connections with the Pakistani ISI. Um, this also relates to the airlift of evil that we were also talking about not so long ago. As of course the Pakistani intelligence agencies did play a major role uh, when it came to, of course, protecting the Taliban, protecting Osama bin Laden, and then we were sold a charade. We were we were we were sold a bunch of lies that somehow we were fighting all of these bad guys in Afghanistan when in reality we were. Probably just doing a lot of heroin, opium trading and uh, human trafficking, which also was very prevalent in Afghanistan to the point where many young boys were abused. Many young boys were raped. U.S. military personnel that actually came out and, and was speaking uh, out against the rape of small children that was routinely happening within the new Afghani military that the United States was propping up were the ones that were punished. The child rapists that the United States were propping up within the Afghani military, you know, they were fine. Oh, it's totally no, no, normal. It's, it's their culture. U.S. soldiers blowing the whistle, speaking out about it, were punished. This is the type of U.S. government that, that we're dealing with here, where it, it came to Afghanistan, finally, finally, after so many years, ending to the point where we just handed over everything back to the Taliban and armed them to the teeth where they
2: are stronger and better equipped more than ever. Absolutely insane. Here's the two the two possible options for you guys to to decide which one you want to go with. It's either A that the US government is sending aid to Pakistan and simultaneously Pakistan is stabbing us in the back and covering up for the people that are responsible for 9/11 and they're doing this with billions of dollars that are coming in from the American government and the American taxpayer or they're being paid that money to hide these people that are responsible for it because ultimately our government was involved. It's one or the other. So you have the U.S. government that's sending this funding to a country that's covering up for the people that attacked us on 9-11. If you want to believe that, that's still pretty bad, or the more likely outcome in my estimation is that they were doing so at our direction. I want to get into some of the super
1: chats, and then we're going to introduce some of the stories that Clint and uh, Stephanie have because I've, I've rambled enough on this uh, live broadcast. I'm going to address the Super Chats, and then Clint and Steph are going to introduce some stories that they want to talk about on today's broadcast. And we got one by um, Coked Toe, who says, quote, love from the dictatorship of Canada. I've been giving We Are Change my Odyssey bucks. Whatever they are, happy to donate a bit of traditional currency, too. Thanks for the work you do. Thank you so much cut Toe, appreciate it very much for the five dollar rumble rant here. As of course we're accepting rumble rumble rants and streamlab donations. We got another one by Bode Neilison, who says, nice to have you here on Rumble. Well, it's nice to be able to finally be able to speak. A lot of these larger truths here on this particular platform. Share this broadcast. We're not going away anytime soon, as, of course, we have a lot to talk about here on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. We also have a super chat here given to us on Streamlabs.com forward slash info WRC from Recon 2020, who says check out the 9-11 film from Broken Anthem and Tor. Um, says good new documentary and he put a link to it rock on Luke thank you so much recon 2020 thank you so much for the rumble rants if you guys do donate to be a part of the super chats we of course will be answering all of them uh, as soon as we
2: get them now Clint
1: you brought in some new stories that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, what's, the, you, what's the number one that you want to talk
2: about? Yeah, the first one, just because it's still correlated with 9-11, I'd like to bring up that Dick Cheney clip, if you don't mind. Dick Cheney, who was responsible for lying us into 9-11 as much as George Bush was, undoubtedly, as his VP at the time. Uh, this is a an egregious overstatement of the threat that Donald Trump represents, given that Dick Cheney is responsible for destroying the 21st century on the global scale. uh, It's pretty galling that he would talk about Donald Trump in this fashion. We have it uh, ready and lined up right here. Go for it.
5: In our nation's 246 year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than (laughs) Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. And our nation's 240
1: you lying fat piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck you and your Halliburton contracts, you fucking disgusting, fake hearted mother. I, I, this guy has a fucking, he doesn't even have a heart. He shoots people in the face, uh, <laughs> not in a fucking good way. And he's a fucking monster of a human being that, have a, that has absolutely destroyed countless of fucking human beings' lives all over the fucking world. What he did to U.S. service members, especially with the Halliburton fucking contracts, how they were fucking screwed over in Iraq with the fucking shittiest equipment that Halliburton could fucking monster up that they were charging thousands and thousands of dollars for was fucking disgusting. And that's just one of the controversies that he was involved in, as, of course, he also played a major role in the neoconservative foreign policy push. After 9-11, that created all the havoc in the world that, of course, he handsomely profit off of, especially with his contracts with his company, Halliburton. He, Fucking hell. he,
2: he couldn't have been deeper in bed with, uh, Kagan and Victoria Nuland, his, uh, his wife, uh, Implementing the project for a new American century. I mean, this is exactly what we talked about earlier with the West Clark seven. That's where this entire ideology came from and infiltrated our government from 2000 on. It was just an avalanche of deception. And for this motherfucker to sit there and say, real men don't lie to their supporters. Hey, Dick. (laughs) <laughs> I have a brain and a memory, unfortunately, for you, and you have deceived all of your supporters, and you are reviled for it, you son of a bitch. How dare, how dare he have the goal to say anything like that? It's amazing. It's he, amazing. You look at his eyeballs. I mean, that, that motherfucker is soulless. I mean, he literally doesn't
1: have a fucking heart. No. Um, no, he actually posted, doesn't. Yeah, he actually fucking doesn't. Um, and, and just look at the fucking eyes. Look at the CDs. You could see. That motherfucker, he did some evil fucking shit in his life and he has a lot of blood on his hands. When you look at one of the worst vice presidents of the United States, because again, George W. Bush was kind of more of a representative figure. Dick Cheney was essentially calling the shots. He was in the emergency bunker on 9-11. Again, a lot of the testimony of what actually happened on 9-11 has been contradicted by a lot of different whistleblowers, by a lot of different government officials that said, hey, these motherfuckers were, were, were up to no fucking good. The decisions that they made were horrendous for this country they enriched themselves they sold this country out and they fucking still want to continue to do it and they think you're dumb enough to continue with their larger fucking psyops against humanity and it's and it's just uh, it's it's disgusting it's absolutely fucking crazy that these assholes think that they could they could still fucking get away with it and and the corporate media is still like oh yeah 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 the, 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 they're still on their fucking side the corporate media talks about how great of a president George W Bush was they they they, they want to excuse His- all the horrible fucking things even though they were one of the most extremely unlike the least popular president and vice president of the United States at the end of their fucking terms. Everyone was fucking sick of them. Everyone was sick of their lives. er, lives. Everyone was sick of of them being in power.
2: And George Bush is like, some finger painting simpleton now that everybody respects and loves in the duopoly politics, whereas he has the death of at least a million people on his hands. It's incredible. It's incredible the rewriting of history in real time. And now you have Donald Trump, who didn't go into all of these unconstitutional wars, and yet he is painted as modern day Hitler, where you as George Bush and Dick Cheney are sitting up there lecturing us about how, uh, you know, honesty is paramount for someone's character. What a laughable disaster of a presidency that was. And uh, I'd like to transfer to the to modern day laughable presidency, which is the Joe Biden administration, the ALX video with uh, CNN's Jake Tapper uh, interviewing Antony Blinken. It is a crazy interview. Got that one pulled up here. As Of course, we also have the last kind of Eyes
1: of a a war criminal. An absolutely bloodthirsty, neoconservative, chicken hawk, piece of shit, demonic, probably pedophile, (laughs) fucking child raping piece of shit. Uh, Allegedly, according to my own personal opinion, uh, Mr. Dick Cheney, the vice president of the United States that CNN absolutely loves and adores. Here's uh, Blinken, a man that came from the Obama uh,
2: administration that was... uh, You were saying something? Yeah, just before you press play, I just want to point out that it's not so much anti-Blinken that I want to drag in this video. I want people to pay attention to Jake Tapper and the angle that he's taking with this because it's really remarkable. All right, here
6: we go. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk uh, has recently confirmed a report that's in Walter Isaacson's new biography of Musk that last year Musk blocked access to his Starlink satellite network in Crimea in order to disrupt a major Ukrainian attack on the Russian Navy there. In other words, Musk effectively sabotaged a a military operation by Ukraine, a U.S. ally, against Russia, an aggressor country that invaded a U.S. ally. Should there be repercussions for that?
5: Jake, I can't speak to a specific episode. Here's what I can tell you. Starlink has been a vital tool for the Ukrainians to be able to communicate with each other and particularly uh, for the military uh, to communicate in their effort to defend all of Ukraine's territory. It remains so, and I would expect it to to continue uh, to be critical to their efforts. So, what we would uh, hope and expect is that that technology will remain fully available to the Ukrainians.
6: It is vital to what they're doing. I don't know that you can't speak to it. You won't speak to it. Musk says he was reportedly afraid that Russia would retaliate with nuclear weapons. Musk says that's based on his private discussions he had with senior Russian officials. Are you concerned that Musk is apparently conducting his own diplomatic outreach to the Russian government? Really, none of this concerns you?
5: Jake, I can't speak to conversations that May or may not have happened. I don't know. Um, I'm focused on the fact that the technology itself, Starlink, has been really important to the Ukrainians. It remains so, and uh, it it should to continue to be part of what they're able to call on to be able to communicate with themselves, and again to have the military uh, be able to to communicate.
1: Look at the um, look on the fucking pencil neck's face. Holy fucking cow! Look at him. He look 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 at it. He's like oh, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to shut down the bad man for letting people speak freely. Fuck you, Jake Tapper. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on trying to get the government trying to punish someone because they didn't escalate a global conflict that would have caused more fucking problems, escalated situations to the point where we are on the brink of a fucking nuclear war that would have been brought closer with this very specific action. And his characterization of what Elon Musk here did is absolutely incorrect, too. He didn't stop an operation. Elon Musk specifically came out, talked about this. His version of events is that he told the Ukrainians here, I'll donate Starlink. I'll give you this internet technology satellite feature that, of course, will help you tremendously in this fucking war. But please do not use it to launch attacks against Russian territory since Russia specifically said, we're going to be dropping nukes if Russian territory is attacked. Ukraine knew the boundaries, knew the limitations, and according to Elon Musk, asked him to violate that. And then Elon Musk said, No, I don't want to do this. This is this is this is going to create more problems. And then, 24 hours after publicly attacking the ADL and publicly getting a big public spat with them, I don't think this is a coincidence when it comes to timing here. The story came out: Elon Musk should be deported. Elon Musk, horrible man. Elon Musk prevented Ukraine from defending itself. Motherfucker, you're lying. How the fuck did this story come out in the first place? Okay, Who's leaking the communications between uh, Ukraine, the U.S. government, and Elon Musk? That is extremely suspicious here with the timing, with the latest attacks of the ADL, with the corporate media going after Elon Musk here. But more importantly, when you look at this this larger picture here, you have two different versions of events. I'm more inclined to believe Elon Musk here since, of course, there have been a lot of lies by the corporate media. There's been a lot of lies by CNN. There's been a lot of lies by some government uh, officials from Ukraine that have been trying to get us into a war with Russia many times over. There was a Ukrainian missile defense system landed in Poland, killed Polish citizens. Ukraine automatically was like, it was Russia. It was Russia. We got to bomb Russia. We got to declare NATO Article 5. We got to bomb them, bomb, 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 And all the news articles and all the breaking stories were coming in everywhere. And then luckily... Poland and sane-minded individuals said, hold on, maybe this wasn't Russia. There were still some neocons that were like, it's Russia, we got a bomb now. Luckily, cooler heads prevailed, and then, then, then that didn't happen. Similar situation is now unfolding in Romania as well. Again, it could all all it takes is, is an accident. All it takes is is some soldier and then soldiers aren't known for having the best uh, IQ here. Let's just be real with ourselves here, um, especially when it comes to a lot of the people who are forced to fight these war wars. All it takes is a mistake. All it takes is an accident. We saw many of them unfold. They unfold during air shows and it could be an accident that could bring in many other parts of the world to this already proxy conflict between the east and the west anything could happen at any moment and it's an extremely dangerous situation the destruction of the sevastopol fleet in the only open ocean warm port for russia would have been a major escalation that probably would have been retaliated in a very aggressive fashion by the russians that would have escalated the situation in my opinion Uh, from looking at this and studying this from the very beginning and and a lot of my analysis being correct comparatively to the corporate media that has been wrong here, I believe that this was the right decision. We need more detente. We need de-escalation. We need negotiations. We need to stop the lost life of innocents in that fucking country. So many corrupted politicians are using the Ukrainian people for their own fucking good, for their own fucking aspirations and neoconservative goals, and it's fucking sickening and it's disgusting. It needs to stop immediately. We need to come to the negotiation table. The United States needs to be there. China needs to be there. Russia needs to be there. Ukraine needs to be there. NATO needs to be there. And they need to say, chill the fuck out. But sadly, that's not happening as, of course,
2: one side wants more war and they're getting it. Clint, you had a lot to say here. Yeah, as well. mi- mind you, it's million plus that Elon Musk has donated in terms of Starlink satellites to Ukraine, as Luke already... uh, And
1: faces attacks from the Russian government. He faces hack attacks from the Russian government that try to shut down Starlink uh, because Starlink is integral. It is extremely important in this latest technocratic modern warfare era where the drones, the satellite, the images, the videos, the missiles, all of it is dependent on high-speed internet. Elon Musk free high-speed internet to all of Ukraine, um, something that the Russians were not very happy about. Capabilities that the Russians do not have, and uh, the Russians aren't using Starlink. The Ukrainians are. It has helped them out a lot, and now they're spitting in the face of Elon Musk for for helping them.
2: Well, and, and uh, even worse than that, you have uh, you know Jake Tapper who's sitting there going, "Should there be repercussions for this?" So for, through an act of charity. million plus. And granted, Elon's the richest man in the world, but $100 million is not chump change. That's a pretty significant uh, donation, and I think he did it for the right reasons. I could be wrong, but setting that aside, to, to then sit the there Ukraine's and talk to Anthony Blinken about how there needs to be repercussions felt by Elon Musk. What you're describing there is overt fascism, and you have a journalist, quote-unquote, that is advocating in a quizzling fashion to try and get the government official to go after a private businessman for not going along with an escalation of a war, which is not even in America's national self-defense interests. Like, this is just pure madness on so many levels, and then add on top of that that the man he's interviewing, Antony Blinken, is the one responsible for re- reaching out to Boris Johnson in the first month of the Russian invasion and advocating on not going not going along with the peace treaty that had been agreed to in principle between the Ukrainians and the Russians. And as a consequence of that, you have hundreds of thousands of people dead today that didn't need to die didn't need to die but is jake tapper upset with antony blinken for that no he's upset with elon musk unamerican motherfucking scumbag jake tapper and antony blinken who is a war criminal
1: and and a lot of this again doesn't serve the best interest of the american people i i know we're in a kind of globalist uh kind of struggle here trying to figure out if it's going to be the uh, we uh, the east or the west but but again it's far more complicated than that here but when you look at this entire conflict it doesn't help anyone except for the people profiting off of war who does this conflict help it helps out very few military contractors it helps out some few politicians that are using it to hold positions of political power but when you look at the larger consequences here The grain exports that are being denied here, the food exports that are being denied here are hurting some of the poorest people in the world. The energy policies that are also being thwarted and destroyed, especially when it comes to the destruction of the Nord Stream pipeline, that affects the poorest people in Europe that now have to pay a premium on energy, especially if they live in a very cucked place like Germany, where they are literally getting rid of their nuclear power plants, where they are literally in an energy crisis and going back to coal, of all fucking things because they're shooting themselves in the foot because of these globalist policies that are meant to of course destroy them from the inside which brings me to the larger point here. How much of what we're seeing is actually being done for the benefit of the American people? How much of this is being done to exacerbate and to accelerate the destruction of the West, which I think is really going on here and a part of the larger plot to have the East kind of take over, to have China take over and be the model citizen country that everyone will, of course, be copying, especially when it comes to their social credit score, especially when it comes to their top-down communist, fascistic, technocratic-like leadership, where you need a social credit score system and a face scan in order just to get food at the grocery store. So, yeah, absolutely uh, d- d- disgusting warmongering by the corporate media that is beating the, the drums of war and causing more conflicts, causing more pain and suffering for, for some of the poorest people in this world. Steph, what do you think? Yeah, I think that- Hold on one second. I got you mute. here.
3: Yeah, go ahead. I feel like I definitely don't want to see China come to America. So it's like <laughs> with, we just went somewhere yesterday and had to do that hands there. We saw that hand scanning thing. It's just like getting inching closer and closer. I'm like watching this in, like, in a random apartment. I'm like, wow, this is insane.
1: Yeah, well, just, just to clarify, there was like a, a palm scam uh, in, in one of my friend's uh, apartment building where mm-hmm. if you wanted to get to a particular uh, um, a place in the elevator and on a particular floor that you live in. The only way to get on that floor is to have your palm be scanned and read and then the elevator will come and then allow you to be on the floor that you want to be on. Otherwise, it's controlled by central uh, by the people in the front desk who uh, you know control all the elevators. And when you're going in there, you can't just pick a floor. It's all done through like
2: palm scans. Yeah, my, which is my building crazy. uses my my building uses facial recognition to get you in and out, and I do not like it at all. They implemented it after I moved in, or I probably would have gone to a different building. I it, this whole you know technocratic kind of dystopian uh, approach, and yes, there's some aspects of convenience, but that's the you know the. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, type of thing. Uh, once the the government has access to this data, it is going to be full panopticon control of the uh, American people and the global population. I think that's in fact what they're attempting to unveil.
1: Yeah, I mean they already have uh, you know the databases. They already are tracking and watching every single little thing that uh, of course people are doing they did it right after not 11 that was the excuse that they needed and they literally track trace and database every little thing that you do they, you got a you got a cell phone you got a tracking device that of course has a microphone has three cameras now no excuse me four cameras now that conveniently watch every little single move and a decision that you make here. All for, of course, your personal protection, because bad guys will
2: come and attack us unless the government gets to look at your dick pics.
1: That's the type <laughs> of world that we're living
2: in. It has been a decade since Edward Stone's disclosures, mind yeah. you, and there has been no consequences. You have, uh, was it Clapper who, who uh, James Clapper, himself? yeah, James it,
1: Clapper. No one cares. And General Hayden. And uh, so many other just, just like top level government officials that lied through their teeth. You know, it was, it was. What was it? Twenty different intelligence agencies that came out and said that Russia colluded in the election to get Donald Trump elected. Yep. That right there, that right there shows you everything you need to know when it comes to the intelligence agencies and how they rig situations in a way to, of course, well, punish individuals to uh, who, who who legitimately threaten them.
2: And I and I believe it was actually Blinken who orchestrated the the drafting of that letter that fifty one former and current uh, intelligence officials were responsible for for signing that letter, stating that the Hunter Biden laptop top was Russian disinformation. So from all through this is just deception from government government officials, provable, provable, and yet none of them pay a consequence, not electorally, not criminally, nothing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Steph, do you ha- did you have an um,
1: article or, or, or something you wanted to highlight or share or introduce?
3: Yes. Um,
2: Let's talk about Egypt, Steph. Egypt? No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, There's a very beautiful retreat happening in Egypt. You can learn more (laughs) on my... Wherever you can find me, but no, actually, I did show. I did have something that I wanted to talk about. It's about. It's from Patrick Bet David, and it's um, on his Instagram. Do you did you did, find it, Luke?
1: Did you send it to me on uh, Telegram. Telegram? Yeah, okay, Telegram. I will be pulling yeah. that up right now. Do um, you want to introduce? Yeah, I'm going to introduce
3: it. So basically, he's talking about being uh, very careful when you buy into a philosophy. So it's like sometimes we don't really analyze the things that we buy into, and I feel like it's really important to. Think about this because years can go by and you are operating from a certain perspective due to like the programming that you have accepted, whether consciously or unconsciously. So just like in light of 9-11 and remembering all that has transpired, I feel like it's really uh, it just touches on that and really just questioning everything. So I, I, are we do we have it up ready to yep. yep. I'm going to play it right awesome. now.
1: Put up the browser. Restart it, and it's the it's a Instagram video.
5: 65-year-old women do we have to hear saying that I march with the feminist movement and I bought into the fact that men are the enemy. I'm 65 now. I've never been married. I don't have a single kid. I'm alone and I'm miserable and I wish I would have never bought into that philosophy. This is why sometimes in life you have to be very, very, very careful whose philosophy you buy into. because when you're in a web and you don't know you're in the web, you don't lose a year. You can be bought into the wrong philosophy and lose 30 years of your life and you don't get that back it's over you're 62 years old this is why the importance
1: is to question everything hold on one second yeah go ahead
3: yeah so on that note um just by watching that video it really made me think like wow you know now is the time to really reflect now is the time to ask yourself these questions and and, and see where are you? What are you doing? Are you operating from love or are you operating from fear? What is driving you? Because if not, fear is the thing that would be controlling you. If every action that you do has that behind it, then you're basically, you're not basically not in control. So question what, what you do, question why you do it and grow and just expand and let's all like level up here and um, be the change.
2: I, I can't speak for, for either of you, obviously, but uh, I would Im- imagine it's similar for Luke in that, um, I, I approach everything I do now in this phase of my life because I've you know set aside my prior career and have completely immersed myself in this. Is that I have zero fear. Mm-hmm. I function purely from a place of love, primarily for the American people, but for people more broadly. And I'm just willing to accept the consequences of whatever may come. So I I think that that it's a very liberating. Uh, outlook to have in that you know, like I know, I know I'm being spied. I, I know I'm being put on you know watch list and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, but I'm a peaceful person, and ultimately, I, I believe that I'm I'm working towards uh, you know peace and prosperity for people. So why should I be afraid? And if I am afraid, then uh, even more reason to speak out.
1: Well, if you learn anything from our um, nearly three hour broadcast today, is that a lot of the the psyops, a lot of the bullshit, a lot of the lies only worked because of people's fear, and that the government uses fear. Uh, installing it into you in a way to try to make you more emotional rather than rational. Because when you're filled with fear, you think there's going to be a boogeyman. You think there's going to be an anthrax letter. You think there's going to be a bombing. You think your plane's going to fall down and be destroyed because there's a Muslim on board. You think that there's going to be someone who's going to cough on you and kill you and kill grandma. You think all this larger bullshit because they tell you and they scare you and they use a lot of psychological tricks to keep you in this low vibrational energetic field of Fuck, fuck! 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 They're gonna mm-hmm. destroy me. They're gonna kill me. They're gonna ruin my fucking life. I, 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 I need to. I need to listen. I need to be obedient. I need to acquiesce. I need to bow down. I need to bend over and, and spread my cheeks and take it. No, the fuck you don't, motherfucker. You don't got to take any of that bullshit. That's okay. Right. It starts with you saying enough is enough. I'm not gonna fall for your tricks. I'm gonna believe in myself. I'm gonna take care of myself, and I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the best, strongest version of myself, which I think is more critically important than ever. And when you have such Emotional manipulation, when you have people saying... You know, people are going to die. You're going to kill grandma. People are going to get bombed to smithereens. People are going to die a very painful death. You just got to respond to it. Shut the fuck up. If anyone's going to be hurting anyone, it's the people trying to make me believe that that this is going to happen unless I give them everything that they fucking want. Stop fucking uh, terrorizing me. They're the fucking terrorists if you really kind of look at at the larger picture, moving back from everything. They're the ones terrorizing people and using fear as their main weapon to control the populations. And uh, Once you let go of that fear, once you let go of that kind of insecurity. Once you let go of this kind of larger unknown that they keep playing upon, uh, they have no fucking power and authority over your life. I want to talk about one more news article uh, before we go here because it's already three forty-four. We started to go live at what was it? Two two thirty. Two thirty? Oh no no no! One thirty. We yeah, went live at one thirty. So yeah, the first part of this broadcast is on YouTube.com forward slash We Are changed But we got some breaking news here that I wanted to talk about here, and that, of course, is that. The FDA has just approved a new COVID vaccine. Yes, you heard that correctly. A new COVID-19 vaccine has been manufactured by Moderna and Pfizer. This is according to Brian Krasenstein, who's tweeting about it and uh, saying that the updated shot is designed to target the XBB.1.5 variant variant. Which isn't any longer the dominant variant, but should protect from "quote" serious illness, according to experts. Yeah, how the fuck does that? How the fuck does that make sense? It it it, 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 it's not for the variant that's going around right now, but but still take it anyway. Are you fucking kidding me? Get the fuck <laughs> out of here! And even the Krasnsteins are coming out saying, for me personally, "quote" I likely will not be taking it. So the Krasnsteins likely have uh, woken up from uh, their um, stupor. I, th- I think they already have uh, personally ejected themselves a number of times, but this is uh, <laughs> uh, enough enough for them even, which is a very <laughs> telling sign here. Because uh, as as Mister uh, Brian Krasenstein says, "quote the la- latest variant of COVID do not appear to be dangerous for healthy adults." With that said, I recommend listening to your doctor. And dependent on your age, at least consider getting it if you are elderly or you have done pre-existing or, you, or if you have pre-existing conditions. Brian, what the fuck are you speaking about here? Fuck you, Brian. Dude. Sorry. I, 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 and again, why are you telling people to take a rushed experimental gene therapy that's not for the variant that's going around right now as the variant that's going around right now is, again, not as lethal, not as transmissive as the doctors are trying and the medical professionals and Dr. Fauci are trying to make it out to be? the fuck why why risk so many fucking serious illnesses and ailments and injuries from something that we still don't know the long-term consequences of what the fuck are you tweeting about brian I'm- that right there that tweet Dangerous misinformation (laughs) for the general public. That's what I'm officially labeling it here. Dangerous misinformation
2: from Brian Krasenstein telling old people to essentially get fucked. Community notes, get on it. We need to make sure that these these lunatics are fact-checked. I'm going to spin this positively, honestly. If the Krasensteins, the the least critical thinking human beings on the planet are going to say after all of this propaganda that they're pushing, they're still going to say, I don't think I'm going to get it, though. Well, I think that means we're winning. I think that the the pharma product uh, or profits rather are decreasing exponentially and that is a good sign.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that I also tweeted out. I'm gonna pull up this uh, tweet that I just put out there of um, someone putting up the Pfizer stock price and saying this is the actual emergency and that is the Pfizer stock price being down. 33.86% from the year to date as the FDA authorizes a new mRNA injection for emergency use. Motherfucker, where's the emergency? Again, where is the emer- where's the emergency? Uh, the bivalent version of this. Uh, fuck off. Fuck you. I'm not taking your shit. I never took your shit. I've been telling people from the very beginning, especially if they were members of LukeUnfilter.com because it wasn't safe to talk about on YouTube. I was like, hey, you know, uh, on YouTube, I was like, uh, don't, 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 mm, 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 mm. On LukeUnfilter.com, I was like, don't fucking do this. You don't want to fucking do this because you're, you're playing essentially into the hands of Big Pharma, which is a criminal fucked up enterprise that buys off, Doctors, scientists, journalists, politicians, and they—they they have a way of getting all of your money. Donald Trump gave them all of your money, gave them unlimited funding, gave them no liability, and said, "Do what the fuck you want." Uh, here's the American people as your fucking guinea pigs. Donald Trump essentially gave you the American people on a silver platter to Pfizer, to Big Pharma, saying. Do what the fuck you want. Take all the money. Buy off more politicians. Buy off more advertisements. Buy off more late night TV show hosts with the money we're taking from the American people. And if you hurt people, if you injure people, we're going to make sure we don't even report the exact data, the exact number of people who were hurt from this. And don't worry. There's no liability as well. So do what the fuck you want, which is fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. That vaccine manufacturers are
2: exempt From liability well and then on top of that you simultaneously have the biden administration i believe it began under the trump administration even though i don't think he was privy to it that you have the cdc and hhs and Am- Amber Alert here in oh, okay. Florida. These are so, <laughs> so
1: annoying. Allegedly kidnapped child, probably some custody battle between a father
2: who might be denied custody. Or, or someone in route to Epstein Island. Um, uh, no, so- no, no, no. The
1: government wouldn't be warning about that. The government <laughs> is promoting
2: that. The government's like, yes, yes, more children. Send Good them point. down to Good the next point. island. I, I stand corrected. Yeah. Luke's, Luke's right. Uh, but you have the CDC, HHS, uh, a litany of other uh, FBI, uh, CDC, that are all instructing big tech on censorship protocols to crush free speech in this country to try and Uh, make it so that as many people as possible will take this product that you have zero liability, zero recourse, if you are injured, uh, by it. So uh, on on many, many levels, this was just a a criminal enterprise. And I I can't believe once again, that the GOP is not doing anything to actually go after these people other than, you know, sending strongly worded letters.
1: Yeah, you got to take care of your health. If if you're going to learn from anything from the last three years, you can't depend on the fucking government to do anything for you. You shouldn't be in a fear state to give them power and authority over you. Yeah. A lot of us didn't know what the fuck was going on and a lot of us were like, "Hey, let's just be a little bit careful here. Let's let's give them the, you know, the benefit of the doubt." And then fuck no, that was the wrong approach. From the very beginning and they they relied on that they relied on you not knowing what was going on what was going to happen to you if you got sick they relied on videos from china of people dying and passing out in the middle of the fucking street that were played over and over again on social media on cnn they of course panicked people to the point where it was like yeah you know, you know, the mom and pop store needs to be closed down. The police need to, you know, step that jack boot on their fucking face. They need to, uh, uh, of course, fuck over and violate every single fucking right that they have here. We need Walmart to be open. But, you know, mom and pop shops, gyms, churches, stores, fuck them. And that to me was utterly sick and disgusting and, and I think a, a gross overreach of power Donald Trump was never held accountable for it. Dr. Fauci was never held accountable for it. I still haven't heard Donald Trump come out and say, hey, guys, I fucked up. I shouldn't have never locked down. I shouldn't have criticized Sweden. I shouldn't have criticized and attacked Republican politicians that were telling me not to do this. I shouldn't have never gave Dr. Fauci everything he ever fucking wanted. I should have not allowed Big Pharma to use the American people as guinea pigs. He has not yet done that. And uh, to me, I'm still not satisfied until he actually comes out and admits uh, that he made a lot of mistakes on that particular day. Hey, I made mistakes, uh, you know, w- w- with COVID. Everyone making mistakes. Even here. Gavin Newsom admitted it yeah. a couple days ago. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's about admitting it. But more importantly, uh, if you wake up for, from anything from the last three years, you got to take care of your health. Uh, Vitamin D levels were absolutely crucial when it came to people surviving COVID. Overwhelming amounts of people, I think the the statistics are in the high 80% of individuals who survived COVID and weren't really affected by it, had normal vitamin D levels of 50, what is it, MGL. Uh, uh, And the majority of people who did die and had severe reactions from it had very low vitamin D levels. There was a a, a doctor, Simon Gudik that came out and spoke out about this, saying, hey, guys, uh, you guys really need to take care of your immune system. You got to take care of your uh, health. You got to make sure you got proper vitamin D levels to fight viruses off uh, with your body naturally. And he was fucking attacked everywhere. He was canceled uh, by this latest fucktard doctor that uh, didn't agree to do a debate with Joe Rogan. What was his name? Oh, Dr. Peter Hotez. Yeah, Peter Hotez attacked him, canceled him, did all that. And uh, again, all it takes was literally going outside, getting sun, t- 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 taking vitamin D supplements, making sure your levels are fine, and everything would have been fine. Just everything do exactly
2: the opposite of what Dr. Peter Hotez does with his lifestyle, and you would have been great.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop eating the fucking junk food. Stop sucking down on the seed oil. Stop sucking down on the high fructose corn syrup. Go outside. Get some fucking sun. Take care of yourself. Work out. Go for a walk. Just fucking take care of yourself because the government and, and the establishment, they prey off of your weaknesses. They prey off of you just being their fucking little lemming bitch. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't be a bitch. Take care of yourself uh, more than ever, because I do believe there's a chance that they might bring um, another bioweapon back. Especially, I, I think, the, the you know, if I'm really being just honest here, you know, one of the reasons I'm kind of skeptical of, um Donald Trump, which I think everyone should be. Everyone should be skeptical of everyone. I'm skeptical of a lot of politicians i'm I'm least i'm I'm not as skeptical as Donald Trump as all the other politicians, but I'm still skeptical on this specific reason because th- there wasn't really any kind of um, uh, again acceptance to the to the point that there was a mistake. There was even a few months ago him telling people to continue to get fucking jabbed, uh, w- which I think is important for everyone to understand here. But uh, more importantly, if he does become the next president of the United States, which it looks like he will be becoming, uh, even with the Democrats putting out all the stops here, he's just becoming more and more popular when they do that. People even question if that's you know a larger sign up or not. But, but if he becomes the president of the United States, if you are... You know, the CIA connected to, of course, all these organizations. If you're connected to uh, Bill Gates, if you're connected to Peter Daszak, if you're connected to EcoHealth Alliance, if you're connected to the Wuhan Level 3 Laboratory and Donald Trump is the next president of the United States, what better way to get the agenda rolling? What better way to get the next PSYOP started than, oh, Trump is president. Oh, there's another sickness going around here. Donnie boy, we got to lock down again. Is he going to lock down? I don't know. I need more of definitive answer from him on those specific issues before supporting any kind of presidential candidate. That's just my own particular take. Some people are like, no, we need to support him no matter what. I understand where you're coming from, especially with how much they're attacking him. But I think we need to have a checks of balances on all sides here. And clearly the Democrats, what they're doing right now is a huge overreach of power, abuse of power. And what they're doing is extremely dangerous towards this
2: republic, which is barely exists anymore, especially after 9-11. Our our, our good mutual friend, Tim Pool, talks about how Donald Trump's second term could be a vengeance uh, tour. I, I'm open to it, but he needs to say it explicitly, because as of now, he's not talking about it. So I want to hear that. I want to hear what mistakes he made. If he can be honest with that, uh, then I think there might be a chance that he's the real deal in round two. As of now, I'm not so sure. And skepticism is your best friend. And uh, in in this kind
1: of uncertain day and age, fear is not. Um, So I'm going to leave it here at that. I want to thank you guys for being a part of um, episode two of the podcast that we still do not have a name for. Um, We are going to be releasing a behind the scenes video of us testing this on Lucunfiltered.com. LukeUnfiltered.com is our members area and we are figuring out a way. I think we might have this ready tomorrow or another day. We might figure out a way to take voice calls and to have you guys call in and interact with us. There's also a, a thing called like chat roulette where you get to like connect with random people. I think that during slow periods of this broadcast, we could connect with uh, just random individuals and ask them like politically pointed questions. Uh, there might be some dudes with their wieners out. And That'd be that's, awesome. That, <laughs> that they, cl- no. cl- cl- Clint is all here for that. Clint's very excited about Not that. Not
3: about
2: that. I can't even see the monitor, but I still think it'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd yeah, be hilarious. Yeah.
1: Well, Steph's watching the monitor intently and uh clint is going to be here very giddy and happy as of course we, I, we could probably pull up another monitor for you here next to your uh douche flute and
2: your coke zero <laughs> there as oh of no. course
1: uh, we're talking about well, health and let, me, care let me let me let me take
2: a, a brief second just to say uh for those that are viewing or watching right now please in the comments down below give us name ideas for the podcast, because we're going to be uh, putting out on an RSS feed in probably in the next 24 hours, so I would like to have a name so that we can actually brand this yeah. thing. And then, uh, last but not least, I wanted to say thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, I have uh, what I think is one of the biggest interviews I'll do from my perspective, which is with Safadine Amos on Wednesday on Liberty Lockdown, so I hope you guys will tune in for that. We're not, we're not going yet, because I still want, want to talk about a, a bunch of different stuff that, that's oh, happening like, behind
1: the Continue. scenes. No, it's fine. Uh, no, it's totally... Uh, Totally kosher. Uh, here to, um, again, it, we we want you to, to, to get all your stuff out, but everyone in the chat room now is talking about all the Wang picks, <laughs> And uh, I think chat roulette would be uh, interesting, but I think more interesting would be to talk to members of LukeUnfiltered.com that could either leave video messages for us, voice memos for us, yeah. and then we will answer them. And then Steph will go through them, pick the best ones, and then we will answer your questions live here on this particular broadcast so we have more of a community we originally there's many different strategies of how i was going to be doing this kind of podcast again we don't have a name yet but the person who gives us the name uh, i'll get you whatever products you want whatever merchandise you want you could go to um wearechange.shop and we of course will give you all the products whatever products you want you could go to uh, thebestpoliticalshirts.com, and we will give you whatever shirts you guys want. So I would say we'll give you a couple hundred dollars voucher to the shop and to thebestpoliticalshirts.com if you help us think of a good name here. Feel free to send it to us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash LukeWeAreChange or Clint, uh, or just tag both of us. My DMs are should be open. Uh, At but, Liberty Lockpod for me, but uh, I will make sure that I'll make a post, being hey, what should be the name of the new podcast? And there's multiple different strategies of what I was thinking about doing here. I was thinking about doing this uh, uh, like a daily show, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, we had another person that was supposed to be one of the co-hosts here that would have made the conversations a lot easier and better, but they chickened out. Total chickens. Women. Women.
2: <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Thank you,
1: Steph. Yeah, Steph's still you know, here, but there was supposed to be another wham just like the women in Miami. I don't want to, don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started here. But um, um, we might have another co-host. If you have another co-host, I think, um, especially if it's a wham the the, the conversations will be more consistent. But I think as of right now, the best thing to do is to get a high profile guest during a time where everyone is talking about a specific issue that they're they're experts in. I think doing that is definitely the best way to go because we could go live at any moment, any time when they're available, when the story's breaking, when the story's most important. So make sure to uh, sign up on Rumble here, subscribe. You could sign up also on youtube.com forward slash we are change. I think we first are going to be going live on Rumble uh, on YouTube and then we go over to rumble our free speech safe space where we get to say fuck bitch cunt whore all the fucking nice words that we freely get to express ourselves with and uh, it's not just the curse words but more importantly the, the free discourse that we're able to have here when it comes to 9-11 when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccines that sadly we can't he- have here on YouTube. My proposition is, for any content creators out there I got a guest room, we got a beautiful beach that we're very close to we got tactical training that uh, Clint is taking, Steph is taking. If you are an influencer, you want to spend a week with us being a co-host, let's do it. I think it'll be uh, really cool to bring in different people from different backgrounds, have them a part of daily shows that we would be doing here, daily conversations. And uh, the offer is up to uh, all the influencers or personalities out there. Come over. Come, come, crash at the guest house. To come have some fun with us. Miami, uh, that we're shooting from, is a beautiful city. Lots of really amazing content creators here as well that we will have joining us. Patrick, bad. David is here. Buck Sexton is here. Darren Beatty is here. Uh, who Destiny, else? Destiny, Viva Fry. Let's yeah, go. Destiny, Viva Fry. So there's so many different people down here in Miami that I think it would be very interesting to uh, talk to, to debate, to host. So uh, we, we definitely have a lot of big plans here. So definitely subscribe rumble uh subscribe on the youtube channel clint's uh link to his youtube channel is down also in the description for every Why, video that you. we do um and uh yeah we are is where you support us and you will got you guys will get free super chats um and voice memos video messages on lukeunfiltered.com in the future so sign up for that as well for less than 50 cents a day lukeunfiltered.com it's very quick easy and simple to do so and that's also one of the best ways that you can support the future mission of this show that we're kind of just testing out and seeing how it goes. But I want to thank Clint for not being a Miami woman, (laughs) <laughs> being being consistent,
3: being it's, it's being, log, being logical,
1: <laughs> keeping his word, actually showing up on time, it's, it's... not being flaky, and uh, thank you, Clint, for being here for episode two, which my, was a lot of fun to be. About.
2: My, my pleasure, man. It was it was great to have Richard Gage on today. I never had an opportunity to speak to him. Uh, I felt like I learned a lot. I hope you guys did as well. Um, and just a quick reminder: over the past three, or over the past week rather, the three interviews I've done were with. Tom Luongo, who's an incredible economic analysis guy. Uh, Max Blumenthal, I talked to him about the war in Ukraine. He's the one who almost had a debate with RFK Jr. before he backed out. And then Dave Smith, those were the three. The one upcoming on Wednesday was with uh, Safety Namas. Uh, He's the guy who red-pilled Jordan Peterson. I intend to take it to the intermediate slash advanced level with him. I think it's going to be a fantastic interview. And uh, at Liberty Lockpot on Twitter, thank
1: and, you. And uh, we're, we're going to keep calling you on on the douche flutes and the Coke Zero. That's fine. Um, I deserve it. But uh, also, we probably will have the Libertarian nominee oh, yes. for the next president uh, for the for the twenty twenty four presidency here. On the show, right after he announces, so expect that also from us. There's another high-profile guest that had to cancel because of travel plans that we're also going to have in the next few days. So we got a lot of big plans here. If you guys want us to see any uh, anyone specific on the show, also let us know what your show suggestion names on twitter.com forward slash Luke. We are change. Steph, where can people find you?
3: Oh, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Steph. We are change. And I must be a rare breed of Miami woman sitting here today after doing my cold plunge, which is super nice. Um, if you want to check anything out, learn more, learn about Egypt, go to Steph We Are Change <laughs> on Instagram.
1: Well, you're a native Miami. You're you're not you're not like all these other women that are like imported here and <laughs> just absolute degenerate only fans and just
2: flaky. She's inconsistent. A, she's, a, she's a domestic, not an import. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, she's not. Yeah, no, Steph. Steph's a rare breed. So thank you, Steph, for pushing the buttons and joining us here for this broadcast. Check her out on Instagram, and uh, stay tuned for more here on WeAreChange.org.